The Union Soccer Pod is back, and it's new, and it's improved, and we have a really exciting season ahead of us here. My name is John Jansen. Usually the host here would be like, I'm Sean Brace. No, 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 me, John Jansen here, hosting this with the usual. He's the one that makes this all go, and the one that's going to have a lot of the answers to the questions that you have heading into the season. Joe Tanzi, follow him at, uh, oh my gosh, Joe, I forget, at JTanzi90. I'm so nervous. My debut in the Union Soccer Pod. I can't even get your your Twitter name right, which I usually we're, get we're all off, the time. We're off to a flying start. Off to a great start. Of course. Uh, because <laughs> that's all messing me up. The thing is, when I look at the Philadelphia Union starting 11, Joe, all of it's the same. I could take all my notes from last year, obviously update some things from what happened in 2022 and just go, all right, well, here's 2023 now. Uh, so we're going to go over all that, the transfers that did happen, uh, some of the things that didn't happen, like Kai Wagner again, not going over to Europe and staying, and of course, uh, getting you ready for the season. There's been a lot of things that have happened with the union and think the roster right now is pretty set. Uh, so, Joe, I want to start off with that. We have some new players in town, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, th- two or three of them, I think. Three of them. Uh, so, what were the additions? And uh, to me, Joe, this, I think, filled the last piece of this union roster that even last year they didn't really have. Yeah, so I think the the biggest thing to note, and just kind of use this as an overarching theme of MLS in the offseason, um, a lot of teams are coming into the season with question marks. You know, NYCFC is going through a full roster rebuild. Um, LAFC, it sounds like, you know, where it's 130 on Tuesday. Goodbye, Christian Bale. Like Goodbye. I'm so glad you decided <laughs> to make, like, a few game appearance in the MLS and go, yeah, I think I'm done with this soccer thing after you I, beat the Union. Thank you, buddy. I, Thank you. I also appreciate you called him Christian Bale. I did call him Christian Bale. Sorry. <laughs> Gareth Bale. You know why that's happening? Because I've been thinking a lot of Christopher Nolan movies lately because I saw the trailer for Oppenheimer, and I am just irrationally excited. So, uh, yeah, Christian Bale's been on that Gareth Bale. Oh, good Lord. We're off to, I'm off to a great also, start. Christian Bale is also not playing for LAFC this year. No! Um. <laughs> no more Bales. Actually, forget the whole last name Bale. If your last name is Bale, I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to see you on an LAFC roster. Get out of here. I don't want to see you anymore. I just don't want to see you in, in general. Yeah, in general. Just go away. <laughs> Um, watch Ernst Tanner is going to like pluck somebody from like the wealth, the fourth division in Wales. I know, right? <laughs> that, like, with, it's like Gareth Bale's like third cousin, <laughs> five times removed. And I'm going to have to apologize profusely already. The yeah. first, first podcast um, on the Union Soccer Pod, and I already have to apologize. The good news is I think we've moved past the fourth, uh, division in Wales, if there is such a thing, um, <laughs> for, for transfer signings. I think that's the important news here is um, evolution, right? It's kind of the we've talked so much about the the Philadelphia Union players as a whole, as Jim Curtin as a manager. Well, now Ernst Tanner as a sporting director has now evolved because you make the the Julian Caranta trade last off season, which is a mostly a one off compared to previous off seasons. And then now you bring in Andres Perea, a trade that happened, I think, in December, but it feels like it happened like seven months ago. Yeah, it feels like how, forever ago. That's the one I was forgetting because I knew the two that just happened. I was like, there definitely was a third one somewhere in there. 
<laughs> so again, good news. Andres Prey has been with the group the entire time. Uh, they get Joaquin Torres as the backup 10, second striker, uh, backup attacker, essentially. And then you have Damian Lowe uh, as your fourth center back now. Jamaican international from Inter-Miami. Uh, Jim Curtin actually coached him back in the day at Reading United. Uh, he's teammates on the international level with Andre Blake. He knows the league. So we're sitting here. It's now just under a month from the start of this uh, 55 game campaign, whatever we're calling it, whatever it can be, uh, with four competitions on the horizon. And the union have a complete roster and it's deeper than it was uh, last season. And I mean, expectations are beyond through the roof at this point, right? I think, I mean, look at, look at what else is going on throughout MLS, you know, NYCFC is going through this rebuild. LAFC is about to lose a Rango to Pachuca and they're rebuilding their roster a little bit. Um, a lot of other teams have question marks. I think there's going to be some some teams that we're not used to seeing at the top end up being at the top, and that's you know, that's just how MLS operates. You know, you're going to see parity, but I think the one thing everyone is expecting to see, and I think you'll see this when all the, the preseason predictions come out, is the Philadelphia Union either predicted to win MLS Cup, be an MLS Cup, or at least win the East. Um because everyone, all the key players are still around. You still have your starting 11 from last year. Um, you added depth. And, I mean, it just, it adds to the excitement. It's almost a, it's a boring offseason, but a good boring offseason. Because now... Right, because none of your starting 11 moved. Like, it's everything yeah. is still there. So the, the union didn't have to... You know, obviously, the, there were some questions of do they have to maybe replace somebody? I'm thinking like more of Kai Wagner, but you know, w- would some of these guys move on over to Europe and they'd have to replace? I mean, the only one that moved would transfer was really Paxton Aronson, but he was a guy that was never going to crack the lineup because Gazdag's in front of him and uh, Aronson's still you know young kid. But they just added a lot of depth, and that was the only thing that was missing from last year, right? Like it was boring because all the moves that they've made have been so good that they don't need, they don't need to make any more of those moves. It was more like, hey, get another attacker and let's get another center back and make sure we have guys that in this crazy ass long season to make sure we have enough bodies that can fit it. And I feel like Ernst Tanner's it, it, was it kind of forced upon them? I'll ask you that. You know, I, I know you said the evolution of Ernst Tanner, but is this just a natural evolution of a team that's playing more soccer and more meaningful soccer coming up? So I think it's a, I think the the roster acquisitions that were made are because of the positions that needed to be filled. Yeah. So and I. Talked about this, wrote about this, subscribed to the Substack. Um, filling those positions, the backup center back, reserve number 10, you know, adding depth in midfield, it's very hard to convince someone in European soccer to be like, hey, we have this um, contract for you, but you're not going to play at least in the starting 11 on a consistent basis. Like you're not, you're not going to be a star. You're going to be a depth piece. It's very hard 
to convince someone to uproot their life in Europe and come not, over not to guarantee MLS. playing time like hey and not be guaranteed <laughs> yeah. play time. It, like, make this entire big move to do maybe very little for us it's an absolutely stupid decision yeah if you were in, in that spot so i think the only way to really do it and i think that's why it took a few weeks for everything to just come to um come to fruition here is they had to wait for the in-league market to um kind of develop and see who like inner miami's bringing in multiple center backs so damian lowe uh was a natural target joaquin torres is going through a, a managerial change in montreal and and they're revamping their roster uh a little bit and he was out of favor there so and then and these two players specifically are players that have had eyes um on them from the union side many times i mean damian lowe the connection is there naturally because he's jamaican because he's got the Reading united connection um and Joaquin Torres is a player that Jim Curtin's been high on since he came in the league. So this isn't like a a surprise that these two players are the the guys. Um, they kind of fit right in with the mold of what the team needed. So yeah, it's it's an evolution. It's a little you can call it forced because of of what's been built, and that's kind of the really the only way you can add types of pieces like this in MLS because again it's it's so hard to it's so hard to ask anybody else to come over and, and make these types of adjustments to to their livelihoods now that's when it turns to the two we had circled i think we we sat here in in november in parts of december and talked about well this could be a transformational off season you know who could who could be gone um and outside of Matt Freeze and Paxton Aronson, who again, it's a backup goalkeeper who I think they robbed NYC in terms of price of allocation money, especially if Freeze plays. I mean, there's 400K in, in performance uh, metrics. If he starts, I mean, that that's a big boost for the union. So you should be rooting for him. I know it's at NYCFC, but from a, a selfish monetary reason, you should probably be rooting for that. And then Paxton Aronson, look, I think it was maybe a year too soon but because his brother is who his brother is i think that brought elevated attention and look he played fantastic with the u20s the Concacaf u20 world champ uh, not world championship but the Concacaf uh u20 championship and his profile is higher than mcglynn and sullivan for a reason so i think they kind of bit and said okay Eintracht frankfurt's a good place for him to be uh, yeah, was it was it, in Germany? Was this also yeah. was this in a good faith move for the union to like, hey, Aronson, you're gonna obviously get playing time, but also we have this really good guy called Daniel Gostag, who is an MVP candidate, and you're just you're not gonna crack the starting lineup over him a lot. Uh, so it, is this more of like, hey, Aronson, you we get we get something from it, you know, obviously the union gets something from it, and also you get to move on and play or at least develop over in Europe. Where kind of in Bundesliga, where you're, you, you can get some some at least training there and and learn the game there instead of learning it here in MLS and staying here in MLS. Like who knows what the starting time is going to be like for him there, and if it's going to be any more or less his role there. But at least it's your training over there, which is where you want to be seen and the people you want to be in front of. And it just seems seems like a good move for him, even even yeah, though it is too. I think you're right. It's obviously yeah. I don't think he's ready for it, but. Uh, it's. I think it's at least well, a good spot to be training in, right? 
I think at least if so, it, it, you can you can argue it either way. I think because yeah. Jim Curtin and Ernst Tanner sat up on at the podium at the end of the season and said, "We're going to use tactical flexibility. We're going to use more players we know we need to." So in turn, you could pitch that to Paxton Aronson and be like, right, "Hey, like right. if you, if you if you do stick around, this is what." could be in front of you. Now right. it's not Hey, we're going to play a billion games this yeah. season and you're going to see some time, you know, yeah. in those in those uh, amount of games. Like you will see some, yeah. But it's it's also kind of, you know, it, the player and the player's family also have to evaluate the options. I mean, it, this is a, he's essentially getting 6 months ahead of of where he could be mm-hmm. uh, if he moved to Europe in the summer. Because like I don't know how much he's gonna play right away at Eintracht Frankfurt. I think it's more of a kind of adaptation period for him, and can just okay, this is how how we operate. This is and maybe towards the end of the season, we see more from him. I I think that's that's barring you know injuries at, at Frankfurt. I think that's the way that's gonna go, and that's okay. I mean. He's not going to jump right into the 11, and I don't think anybody expected that. But I, I could see minutes for him uh, definitely later on. And, you know, say if we're talking March, April, when Frankfurt needs to, to spell some guys. Um, so, look, I think it ends up working out because then you open this spot up. Joaquin Torres comes in. Um, the, the coaching staff loves him. He's got something to prove. So I do think it ends up being a, a win-win for both parties. It is... Just if you if you solely base the the Aronson thing off of playing time, you're like, why is this guy with very few MLS starts actually getting the move right away? Well, it's because he's got a lot of potential, and because his brother, you know, that that obviously plays a little bit of a role in it. You know, there are some yeah. people, and if this was years ago when when Brendan was first breaking into the first team. There are some people with the club that were like, well, if you think he's good, just wait till you see what his little, little brother is like. Oh, I remember that. I remember those. Yeah, ones. Like, and you were even whispering like, that. Like, hey, there's still a lot yeah. of talk. Like, Aaron, the other one might be yeah. better. Yeah. Like, that was that was a legitimate thing coming from uh, the coaching staff. So I think that's just such a it, – it's something to really note here um, that there's a lot of talent there. So, yeah, we'll – We'll see how it, it ends up developing, um, but I think it ends up where both both parties are as a win-win because you now have Aronson gets to break in towards the end of this European season with Frankfurt. Uh, he got to train with them in their long extended break, uh, wherever in the Middle East they ended up training, and the Union now have an experienced Tan and Joaquin Torres, and let's be honest, February through May – is going to be a very interesting point with with depth because a lot of these guys, you know, your your Matt Reals, your uh, Perea, Richard Odada, we were to see what he can do on a consistent level at, at MLS. Um, Brendan Craig, what can he do with, with Damian Lowe at center back? You know, there's there's all sorts of these things now that make it it just fascinating on how this lineup can be presented, and it's not just the the four four two diamond anymore. You know, you were talking yeah, about yeah. playing with playing with two tens. Does does Joaquin Torres and and Quinn Sullivan end up playing out on the wings and that make a whole uh, a thing 
as a as a alternate formation or something you can go to in in between games it's going to be just remarkably fascinating to see how they end up doing this but yeah it's um to kind of bring everything together about the the roster right now it looks really strong it's obviously the strongest you've seen in union history and when you compare it to who we perceive the other top teams are in major league soccer right now there's a big gap and i think that's a good thing now look we can be sitting here in July and there's three or four other teams that we just did not think of that will be in the mix. Or like Messi um, comes, you know, comes over to MLS uh, and starts playing. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Which by the way, <laughs> Miami, Miami will be good this year. Yeah. Like my, Miami is, took steps in the right direction and, and will be good. But is it, is does Orlando, what, what, how long do they come together with their whole, all their new signings. Columbus with Wilfred Nonsen. Look, Hucho Hernandez gets a full offseason in, in, to work in with his MLS team now. Like, what does that look like in Columbus? Uh, the Red Bulls, can they finally get it right? Um, and I'm just naming a few of these teams in the Eastern Conference. There's going to be a lot. Uh, you know, the parity is going to be there. But I think if you look at uh, when the preseason predictions come out, John, uh, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of people mentioning the union. So we we mentioned Aronson going over and transferring, but a name that has been rumored for, it seems like, <laughs> my entire lifetime still hasn't moved. And so now, look, there was a few years of this. It's been, it seems like, a long time of Kai Wagner. He's going to go over to Europe. Going to go over to Europe. There's interest. There's interest. When is it going to happen? Is it going to happen this month, next month, this transfer window, that transfer window? It's just been it's been rumored, predicted, and now this has gone on long enough. And I know it's been really long, but now it's long enough of, okay, what are they waiting for now? Is there not interest? Um, does he just like Philadelphia? Does he does he like basketball and like staying to watch Joel Embiid and the Sixers? I don't know what Kai Wagner's into or what he likes, but uh, from what you can gather, Kai Wagner's here. Why? Because there's a difference between rumored interest and actual offers. Yeah. Like, I, it, I know I've said this countless times before when discussing this topic, but I can be interested in winning a million dollars, but me actually winning a million dollars is a different thing. And that's a really poor example, but like me wanting something is different from me going out and buying it or attaining it. A lot of teams can be interested in Kai Wagner, but when you put everything together, does it end up being the right thing? And, and that's what essentially these teams kind of look at. Look, I don't know specifically what the union's valuation of Kai Wagner is on the transfer market. I think a fair one, it's, it's a left back. It's a player in demand. He's German. Um, he's been at the highest level of his game. I don't think five millions out of you know it, it's not um, unreasonable to ask for that. Now here's what you have to to look at, and it, it isn't just the player. It's well, if he were to go to Germany and back home, where's he going? He's going mid to, to bottom table of the Bundesliga, which is fine. But you then have to look at who's evaluating the talent at those clubs. And if those clubs see, oh, well, 
was there a reason why he went to MLS from the German third division? And like, does he fit our style? Does he, when we evaluate him in person, does he fit our squad? And the same thing is being done by Premier League teams. Now they obviously buy a lot more and come with a lot more money. So you would think if there was an ideal suitor out there, it would be someone from the Premier League just from a, a monetary standpoint. And look, there was all this rumored interest from Leeds United, and, and then Jesse Marsh went and got his guy, uh, Max Fober from Salzburg, to fill that defender position. Um, there's, there was a rumor a day or two ago, two ago that Bologna from Serie A was rumored to be interested in him. Uh, that turns out it was just straight up a rumor. Now, look, all we've heard from Jim Curtin and Ernst Tanner for years now is no concrete offers have come in. They're not going to sit here and lie to us that that's the case. Like, they'll be honest if an offer comes in that it, that's um, what they've preached. And there's no reason to not believe them when they say that. So, yeah, it's just kind of you sit here, wait, and then. I guess what it comes down to is, do we think of him at a a much higher level than people involved in European football think of him? So is it? That, that's, that's really what we're look, we're looking at. We're looking at we're not right. looking at what what you and I or any Union fan out there think of Kai Wagner. I think he's a very good left back. He's perfect in this team. And if he wanted to stay in MLS for he does so five, much for this team. He is so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if he, if he wanted to stay in MLS for five to ten years and make a career out of it, he can. Yeah. So that's Absolutely. that's what I was just about to ask you too. It's coming at that crossroads of this may just be one of the better spots he can be at, and if he does want to go over to Europe, it's that that idea of okay, well maybe do you want to take you know go to a a, a squad that you maybe don't want to go to or a, a tier of a league that you don't want to be in, but just do it so you can go back home. Like is is that I guess the really what the the next crossroads is going to be like do you want to either stay in the mls as long as you can or do you just want to go home at some point i think that's now what we're getting to instead of you know waiting for this big europe offer that just seems like it's not coming yeah and also he's in a contract year so i mean the, we we talked with him and we talked with ernst tanner and, and jim Curtin about it so uh, i guess we're gonna find out before. pretty quick yeah yeah <laughs> and i think that all the all the parties involved are willing to give him a raise. Now, designated player, no. You're not making a left back a designated player. Yeah. Um, but if you can reach what that threat, you know, as as close to that threshold as you can, and you can give him a raise. Um, and I, you know, he did change agents. He's working with the agents that um, represent Jim Curtin. So there's uh, some there familiarity go. involved with all parties. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think if we're on this current trajectory that he ends up getting a new contract, gets a little bit of a raise, stays here and, and that's kind of where we're at. And at some point, unless he takes his game to another stratosphere, um, I think it's just kind of where he's, where he's at. And I think that's okay. You know what I mean? Like it's it's hard to it's hard to gauge what a player in that situation would be thinking, right? Because it's 
Well, obviously we want to go over to to Europe, but does he go? Essentially what what I'm trying to play out is in his head, does he think a move to Germany benefits him or move anywhere and maybe also gets him into the German national team? And that's no. So... I mean, if you he he obviously likes it here. The team's willing to pay him a, a decent sum, and there's here. a lot of he success be here. He's he's yeah. successful. He has a place here. Um, his spot is very much his. Uh, yeah, it's 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 safety if he wants to stay here. Like it's, he knows he not, has a spot it's not, here. It's not as automatic as saying, "Hey, Leeds United," or I'm just throwing out a German club and um, like a Mainz or an Augsburg type. Like he's not going to the top tier of the Bundesliga, but if somewhere in like that mid tier wanted to be like, Hey, we like you. Would you be interested in coming over? Remember, you're also, you're not playing for titles. If you go over to Europe, you're playing to be closer to home, maybe make some more money, especially if you were to be in England and it, you have to, and I know we're, we're bad at doing this, you have to put yourself in his shoes. Yeah. Like this, this isn't, this isn't what anyone else thinks or, or wants. Like what, if you put yourself in Kai Wagner's shoes and weighed all of these options on the table, that's what he's doing. We, we just don't know if specific clubs or specific money or whatever, but we know the, we have a good idea of what his situation is. Um, yeah. That's what it comes down to. What would you do in that situation? Would you be the best left back in Major League Soccer? Continue to, you know, you could potentially win up to four trophies this year if your team is that good. Or would you just want to, like, squander around in the middle of the Bundesliga, maybe be in a relegation fight, and maybe win a cup or go to a cup final? Well, isn't isn't that the thing now with with what CONCACAF's doing this year? Like this, He's going to be playing a lot of, to say competitive, it's more, you know, High stakes soccer, like meaningful yeah. soccer. There's, there's all the union are doing a lot this year, and I, I, I bet that is something any soccer player would look at and go, okay, do I just kind of, you know, mess around a little bit uh, in, you know, those those teams in the Bundesliga, like you're saying, or can I like have some fun here? You know, play some really high stakes soccer uh, in a in some tournaments and in MLS. You know, I think I think that's got to be appealing, right? That's got to scratch some kind of competitive itch, I would say. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that, again, he's the he's regarded as one of the best, yeah. if not the best at his position, um, that also has something to to go with it. So I think that's to me, that's what I kind of have in my brain with with the whole Kai Wagner situation is. Look, if he really desperately wanted a move, would he have already encouraged his, his agents, hey, push for it. Or oh, yeah. Well, that's it, the thing, right, KJ? If yeah. he wanted to, he could. Like, they would be, they would, if he, this if seems he, like this process he, would go quick. Not, I hate to say quick, yeah. but I think it would yeah. be out there more. Like, we, like, yeah. it, the, right. If they want to push for it, they can push for it. And they're clearly and not I think doing that. All, all of this speaks to the situation in, inside the, the club that Jim is a player's coach. Ernst Tanner is very honest. He's not going to, like, they're not going to nickel and dime you. Like they're yep. very upfront and honest. And so I think the relationships within the club 
also make it an even tougher decision if he were to go one place or another because he is well taken care of here. All right, so Kai Wagner is staying. The starting 11 from last year is back this year and only going to get better, and we're going to get to some of the questions because there are some questions about some players in that starting 11, but let's go to some key dates, key things we should be looking for from let's, now let's into go, the start go, of the season. Let's go to Jose Martinez first because there we go. Yeah, I think that's the other one we have to yeah. – because I know there was going to be question. There were questions about the the cryptic Instagram story post, which oh, we got questions um, about that. Yeah, <laughs> we got we questions about that. So let's let's address it in this transfer little section before we go on. Um, apply everything I just said about Kai Wagner, and apply it to Jose Martinez, with the exception of he already plays for his national team, because the same level of European clubs are probably going to be after him if if he wanted to push for um, an exit. Besiktas is an interesting case because they're one of the more historic clubs in Turkey. Um, but $2 million, you laugh at that offer and you walk away from the table immediately if you're the union <laughs> because it comes off as, as a cheap offer. Now, to Besiktas, it may not because he's Venezuelan. He plays in MLS. He's got a propensity for yellow cards. So that that does kind of um, maybe what's the word I'm looking for scare off some suitors like maybe you're too aggressive. Um, so yeah, the, the Turkish transfer window is still open for another week. So it's something I guess we have to keep our eyes on um, if something more develops. But it sounds like all the reports coming out today saying that interest has cooled. Um, but uh, I think you're 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 better prepared for Jose Martinez to leave, um, if more than Kai Wagner to leave. But it doesn't seem like either of them are leaving yet. And if anything changes on that front, or if we if there are any actual offers, we'll probably hear later in the week from Jim Curtin. Uh, the team's off the majority of this week um, after the first stage in Florida, which they're calling Phase Two of preseason. Uh, everybody came back home for a weekend. I saw Jacob Glesnes. Uh, celebrating the Eagles win in center city. That was pretty cool. Um, so a lot of those guys are home spending time with their families. The new guys probably looking for places to live, all that kind of fun stuff. And this phase two of preseason begins later. This or phase, the second phase in Florida, they're calling it phase three. <laughs> Jim threw me off. When why he said is it? Yeah. Why does this sound like a, a Marvel cinematic universe? What phase, <laughs> what phase are the union in? Are they in the Thanos phase, phase Joe, or are they in the, in past that phase? They might be in Thanos' face. Are we pre or post finger snap? Where are we at? <laughs> uh, I think we have to be pre finger snap at this point. Still pre? Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. But yeah, it's. We'll see. But that that's <laughs> kind of where we're at. If, if we're we're still in the same spot we were a month ago with these transfers. Like nothing's changed. Maybe, like. Twitter rumors have, have been different, but I mean, the best, the, the only thing we've gotten is a cryptic Instagram post I'm right. <laughs> from an air, from, a, from a, the seat of an airplane. Like that's, that's all I got for you guys. There's, there's nothing, <laughs> there's not, and that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. Like, again, what I would say is put yourself in Kai Wagner's shoes, put yourself in Jose Martinez's shoes and would you leave here? 
with all the success in front of you, it's a very hard decision to make, regardless of what your your dreams and aspirations were before you uh, before you came here. Yeah, and wherever you would go, do they have a podcast as good as the Union Soccer Pod, which you're listening to right now? Myself, John Jansen, Joe Tanzi. Uh, one of the other Twitter questions, and this isn't this is sort of I mean it's MLS and obviously Apple TV, but uh, I want to try and tie it into the Union here because Danny Higginbotham just got announced, mm-hmm. so he's going to be there. And I think I'm speaking for most union fans. I would love for Danny to continue to be the one that's mostly on these union games, but it's just, unfortunately, I don't think that's how that's going to work out. We got a question about this. What do you guys think of the Apple TV deal? Uh, But with him getting announced recently, I do want to, to kind of ask you that and what your kind of feelings, thoughts are, anything you're hearing about what the hell we're going to see from Apple TV, because I still... Although everything just got announced in terms of the analysts and who's going to be on the call in these games, I still, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like I've, I've quite gotten a grasp on what, what the deal is going to be here with Apple TV. I, I think with the, with the announcers specifically, I think that's what everybody's kind of worried about. I know look, Danny has been on my TV on ESPN plus on NBC. <laughs> he's a very in-demand guy because he's very good. He's so good. He's very Yeah, good. he was. We... So we got I, lucky, I even say, the the short amount of time, very lucky that he yes. was part of the union broadcast because that was an A++ broadcast team. I, I love Tommy Smith as a person, but Danny Higginbottom was... He was incredible. Incrementally, be- yes. incrementally better than Tommy Smith as an analyst on these games. Um, so, look, we'll find out more as as the the season goes on and we get to figure out who's on what game. I would say, I would say be open with it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say approach everything with an open mind when it comes to this Apple TV deal. It's not going to be perfect on day one. It may not be perfect by the time the season ends. But what I will say is it's, it's something new and at least Apple is putting a lot of resources behind it. They're not half-assing it. So I think if I can at least appreciate that, where if Apple's going to put all these resources behind it and make it seem like a big deal, that's better than what ESPN or Fox or any broadcast network could do. So if that is the case, I'm more than willing to give it a chance. And I mean, I have to, obviously, but like, I'm not going to sit here on, on January 31st and judge it. I may not even on, on July 31st judge it because I think there's a lot of constructive criticism that will come across along the way that they will they will build on. I think they they've built up a strong group of announcers that are familiar. Very good. Not yeah, only, the, the group is not only the union. It's good. But like, yeah. So what I would say is be open to it. I mean, I don't know any specifics, but I can't imagine Danny's going to be on every union game. Um, so be open to other analysts. There are a lot of very good ones. Very good well, ones. Well, just, in just think of it like, you know, uh, NFL really, you know, CBS and Fox. The yeah. best games are going to get the best announced teams. They're going to have an A Correct. team. They're going to have a B team. They're going to have a C team. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to tier their teams of broadcasters and put the best on the best games. Luckily, and Joe. So, and somehow, for, for somehow the, Joe Davis is going to end up calling all the union games. Right. <laughs> 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 the kick of his life. <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? The goal of his life? The kick of his life? What do you think? What do you think yeah. his would be? Jacob Glesta scores the free kick of yeah. his life. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god. Um, Joe, Joe Davis. I think he was like Fox's number two guy for the NFL this year. Because him, him and Moose run like every Eagles game that, yeah. of, of consequence. But the the good thing for the the Union Joe is they are they're the the best team in the MLS I would say or at least one of if you want to be yeah. you know really uh, safe mm-hmm. about that and they're going to get the A team a lot this season. Yeah. There are going to be mm-hmm. a lot of big games. There's big rivalries for the Union. It's a big market, obviously Philadelphia. So they're going to get. The A team, which I imagine Danny's going to be part of the A team. If I, I know there's some there's some great ones, but as you just said, he's very in demand, and he's when uh, these I'll, things come out, he is the he is the face of it. He's the one that I feel like is turned to most often, uh, and I feel like he's going to be one of those in the big games. And just I, it's lucky that Union are going to be in a lot of big games this year. Here, here's my just educated guess, and this is here's my NFL comparison. You're going to get a lot more of the Greg Olson, Joe yeah. Davis, <laughs> Ian Eagle type broadcasters. You're not going to get Chris Myers calling the the secondary <laughs> four o'clock game on Fox uh-huh. broadcasters. Taking a shot at Chris Myers. Come on, man. But like that's in terms of like how the how the union will probably be tiered within Apple TV. I would have to assume they're going to be towards the top tier with the top broadcasters because of their that. profiles. Yeah, I I expect that to be the case. Uh, but, but I, would, I would just say I would just say keep an open mind when it comes to Apple because we don't know what the product they're going to put on is. Uh, we hope it's good. I know there's a lot of skepticism about yeah, you know, I'll, I'll just a lot of other new broadcasters have been one one skepticism I have about all of this is this is obviously a very national thing now. This is just it's all tied together the one thing and there's not regional broadcasts. I'm afraid losing that regional flair is going to be it's, it's going to be one of the very big negatives because the NFL is huge. Joe, I love watching teams other than the Eagles because it's it's football, NFL. How many are are going to want to a pay for Apple and b tune into a broadcast that's not theirs to see their team and it not have you know sort of that attention to detail you would get from somebody that's exclusively in Philadelphia. So I think that's one thing I'm certainly. I'm kind of skeptical about and how they're going to do that. So yeah, look, I agree with the the regional the regional localization broadcast stuff. So let's it's it's different than any product we can kind of pinpoint in in the market because you have national you have a national call and then you hope and pray that the local radio calls will be attached. Yeah, who knows. Who knows what that might be for the union, for anyone. Like, we don't know. We probably won't know until the week before games. Because Yeah, and I'm sure there's some teams that are going to have that. I imagine that's going to be rolled out very slowly because there's obviously an emphasis on we need to make sure that there's everything settled uh, for the Apple TV broadcast. Because there are, yeah. while it is Apple that's putting these on in MLS, you know, there's still obviously things the union need to do and people that the union have uh, that are going to have to be there on site helping out with these games and, and even for the TV broadcast. So it well, still I mean, is look, going look to be at, their resources. There's going to be some resources used there. And I think a lot of emph- emphasis and effort uh, into that first. So I'll, I'll give you kind of a look and be signed in behind the curtain here. I was down at training, you know, at the start of preseason and the union digital team is like, and, and look, they're very, well staffed and there's a lot of talented people on that but like the demands that apple put out there for the content to go with the mls package were massive i think they were had to be submitted some point in the last few days 
whether it, and so you're going to have club specific digital content that are going to go on, that's going to go on Apple. So at least you're going to have something like that. So like a lot of the resources over the last two weeks have been put in that direction across the board in MLS because the demands have been so high and, and so steep set by Apple and the league. And in some cases too steep for the league. Um, so I think that's also why you're not seeing a lot of preseason streams this year, because the resources that would be put into that, some of these teams are so focused on getting the Apple stuff done because that's their priority. Um, to go on the tangent preseason MLS, we're not hiding the nuclear codes here. Like if you can't <laughs> stream or another team doesn't like agree to stream, at least do what the union are doing. Like I give the union credit, like they're putting live blogs on there. They're now look, I'm not going to say this is you know the best content out there, but to at least have a more detailed live blog than previous years. So to have, you know, they deserve credit for giving us the information, the willingness to put lineups on graphics, you know, they're not doing the bare minimum. They're doing enough to keep us informed we don't have videos, so if if me or any of the other beat writers or podcasters or whoever is sitting here telling you that Matt Real had a, has had a great preseason, we're lying to you. We have not seen video evidence of any of these people play soccer in an organized way since the first week of preseason in cold in Chester. <laughs> Unless somebody is on their on their own dime flying to Florida to watch preseason game from like the rafters of a UCF dorm room. Like that's just how MLS preseason works. It always has. It's unfortunate the streams uh, aren't available, but at least the union are doing enough to keep us informed. Yeah. Now, I think that does need to be applauded in a way. That does need to be applauded because, you know, I call LAFC and NYCFC played a friendly uh, over the weekend and we, they just agreed to not share details. Like that does no one good. And I, I don't think MLS teams I don't think MLS teams realize that. You're MLS. You are still MLS. You are not the NFL. You're not the NBA. You're not Major League Baseball. You're not the NHL. Where all of the preseason games are readily available. So how are you how are you how are you gonna generate buzz towards the season? Or how are you gonna at least keep everyone informed on what's going on when you're like, uh, you know what? We both decided no information. You know, if, if we give them out, a nuclear bomb's going to explode. <laughs> like you're, I don't think we're hiding anything like ridiculously crazy here. Like if I find out if your third string left back played 30 minutes on a, a practice field in, uh, somewhere in the middle of the Phoenix metro area. No one's, you know, that's not going to be like earth shattering news. It's like, okay, it's preseason. That's what the person's supposed to do. Right. So the only thing I'll say say to that is I, I understand the craving for it. Um, it and it's not like everybody's going to sit down and watch 90 minutes of this and it's going to be something that is they're locked in on. But it's just that feeling of soccer's back. I'm watching soccer. It says Union on the on the screen, and just to get that feeling of yeah, MLS is coming here. It's the same thing. 
spring training, I don't watch every game. I don't watch every second of it, but I will put on spring training baseball and go, ah, yeah. Those are the sights and sounds I love. Even preseason football. Just, just the right. It's having the action. Just the act of I am sitting down to watch an Eagles game in August. Yes, does it mean anything? It does not. Am I going to watch Jalen Hurts out there for four quarters? No. I'm going to watch not even Gardner Minshew for four quarters. I'm going to watch like Reed Sennett, whoever's backup for the the Jeremy, fourth, fifth string Jeremy quarterback. Bloom, can he make the team? Can he make the team? It's just, it, name, it, name who name your favorite Eagles preseason performer? Uh, Reno Mahe. Name, Reno name Mahe. your favorite Union preseason performer, Joe. That's what I want from you. Actually, that's what I want from the listener. Brian? Give me your favorite Union preseason <laughs> performer of all time. All right. But it's just, so again, it's that, number five. yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, it's not that I think people are craving like, oh my gosh, I'm going to watch every second of this preseason game. It's just, I don't know, for me and the way I consume preseason stuff, it's just the act of, oh yeah, I'm, there's a soccer game. I'm going to put it on and I get to see union and some things that I'm used to seeing during a regular season. You know, I, I get to watch just soccer and while it's not the greatest thing in the world, it's at least the act of doing it that does kind of make me think, oh, yeah, we're getting ready for a union season, and it's almost here. And, like, it, it gets me into that that kind of mode. So. Right, because, because let's go outside of our bubble. Let's go way outside of our bubble because we get stuck inside of it. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe a, little, maybe a little too often, especially here in Philly. And oh, yeah. So, like, okay, the Eagles obviously have all the attention. That's fine. Like, they should. They're, going, they're in the Super Bowl. The Sixers have all the attention because, well, not last night, but we're not going to talk about that. This isn't a Sixers podcast. Um, (laughs) But, and the Flyers are irrelevant. So, and the Phillies are still what? Three weeks away from pitchers and catchers? Yeah, very close. So, like, I, I, it's very hard to strum up genuine excitement about Major League Soccer when the NFL team is in the Super Bowl and when the NBA team is hopefully trending in the right direction towards an NBA final as you would hope. But I think there are better ways to kind of do it other than just the, hey, it's February 20th. It's kickoff week. Let's do all these events with all these sponsors and in Center City and a pep rally and all that kind of stuff. And everybody's like, oh, soccer starting in February? That's weird. You know, like the outside reaction is, uh, you know what? Well, I'll I'll pick it up later. Again, which is fine. I don't really care how you consume it, but I don't know. A little bit of excitement based off of of last year. A little bit of just like if you're not going to have all these signings, at least maybe find a way to be creative and and shove it in our faces that yeah, right. Major League Soccer right. starts February twenty fifth. Like, do, do something. And look, I'm sure that look, there's plenty of time for that to happen. But, like, we get excited for Eagles preseason games because oh, we spring hear- training, dude, people love going to Clearwater just because, because, because it's Clearwater and you get to do all the things around, you know, that area and then also spring training baseball. But who do we latch on to in, in those games? We don't latch on to Jalen Hurts. We don't latch no, on to the fringe roster player that, or a young player that we want to see, or somebody yeah. new that we get to see. Mm-hmm. Remember Bryce Harper when he first came back and he was uh, first signed with the Phillies in spring training? Everybody was watching that because they just wanted to see Bryce Harper with a Phillies jersey on and a bat in his hand and go, "Yeah, that guy's a Philly." You know, just so just the, the act of watching yeah. that. To translate that to the Union, if you're a Union fan and 
you're excited about this next crop of of young talent. You haven't seen Brandon Craig play center back. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of the example I'm hitting at. It's like you just haven't seen these guys play. And unless you're like a diehard US youth national team fan, which I know some of you are, <laughs> but if if you're not and you didn't watch the CONCACAF U20 championship or haven't or don't care about anything other than the, the senior national team, like what do you know about Brendan Craig? You know nothing. You just know that he's a, a center back and he's gonna play more this year. So like you wanna see him play, like, oh, what's he about? You wanna see you wanna have a comparison to make between Harriel and Ambizo. That's the key positional battle again this year, is right back. You wanna see what Richard Odata can do in midfield. You wanna see what these new additions can do. You you wanna be able to see it with your own eyes instead of a live blog from Clearwater detailing you what's going on. Because no one and I'm there's a reason why I haven't done any type of like match reporting or like I just did one preview with news items for the three preseason matches because I'd be lying to you if I said I have new information like I'm not just gonna I'm not gonna regurgitate the information from the union's live blog because that that's all the information we have on these matches that and then Jim Curtin telling us right yeah, what he's impressed, yeah, which yeah. he doesn't, which he doesn't do often. He doesn't single out players a lot. So I think just to have physical eyes on it, even if it's a one camera crappy stream at you know coming off of the soccer field at like one of these colleges down there, which they've been scrimmaging <laughs> at mostly. Like that, that's all we want. We want yeah. our our Paul Turner, our Jeremy Bloom, our yes, um, yes. If give me somebody Reno Mahe, like are <laughs> those types of guys. Hey, Reno Mahe where... was a regular in the lineup, all right? Just because it's a punt returner doesn't mean he's not in the starting lineup, Joe. Okay. Uh Ryan Motes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Motes, good job. Well done. Um, whatever whatever third string quarterback, uh Tebow, you know, who whoever Oh, remember Carson Strong this year? Everybody wanted to see Carson Strong. Like There are people salivating to watch Carson Strong, who was never going to make the roster, and every Eagles fan's like, I want to see that guy. I know he's that big. Let me see. We can't can't generate any of that here because, A, the training camp's in Florida, and it's very hard for MLS beat writers to, to do that in the first place. B... We're not seeing it in front of our faces. So even if we're at home here, we can't tell you how these guys are performing. We legitimately can't. So how are we supposed to, you know, how are we supposed to drum up buzz about these guys? Or how are the fan base supposed to drum up, you know, what these guys actually look like outside of what the coaching staff says or the live blog says? It's very hard. So I think to me, I think that's where the biggest issue is with the the preseason streaming part is is we're just jumping into this into the deep end headfirst with no swimmies <laughs> the Monday, the Monday of week one, the Monday of the Columbus crew match. That's what we're doing. We're I'm preparing to just be like, okay, let me introduce myself to all of these guys. Let's try and get everybody caught up on what happened in preseason, what your expectations are, your season preview, yada, yada, yada. And then we're off and running. So I think that that's to me that ends up being the biggest thing. I think it does a disservice to 
the fans, more the fans than the media. No one cares about us. Um, but the fans, like, give them something to be excited about. And look, if you would apply this to, say, NYC or LA or Orlando, they have many more new additions. Like, how are they supposed to get excited about these guys that they don't know anything about other than some, like, YouTube video with some trance music attached to it and what Transfer Marked says they're worth? Uh, like, my favorite one is recently was when Ua got announced and we were searching tooth and nail for the any kind yep. of bit of information and video we could find of this guy. And most of it mm -hmm. was grainy and not good looking. Like, But it was something. As long as we could see a speck and we knew that it was Ua, we were going to watch it. And we did. And I'll, I remember you... I remember even I was consuming all of that crap. I watched every single bit of that. I was looking up yeah. Michael Ua highlight videos every single day that week he got signed. Like, you're right. We just want to see anything about these players. And sometimes I'll, it's really hard you, to find it. I'll raise you one more example for a move on. When Jamiro Montero got signed, mm -hmm. like originally, I was at a, a high school basketball game. It was like a big one, too. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm at like a press table and I'm DMing a guy in France who just he's not even a reporter, he's like a Mets um Mets with a Z uh fan. And I'm like, can you tell me just anything about this guy? Cause I can't find anything. So it's stuff like that. It's like you just I, I wanna see physical proof, tangible proof that these guys are are good. <laughs> they exist. Are, are playing <laughs> are real. They exist. Gino Portella. Um and then like I don't know, it it I think it just does it just a genuine disservice to everyone involved. And look, the union I think in this scenario are a bad example because we know what a majority of these players bring to the table. Yeah. But like what if what if you're Orlando? What if you're Miami? What if you're you know name any other of these clubs, what the hell do these guys do well? You don't know, and you won't know until like yeah, they're actually on fields playing other MLS teams in the regular season. So I think that's where it ends up being the biggest disservice to everyone. I think so. Um, let's move on. A couple more questions here after our Apple TV and preseason streaming rants, which we had to do it. It's it's January 31st when we're recording this, so obviously those are the things we got to talk about here. Uh, it's just that part of the MLS. It's that phase of the MLS season, Joe. Uh, but a couple more questions, and they're pretty good ones. Uh, so, Ua, uh, we got a question about him, Billy Venture at No Solid Loaves. Why did Ua only last for an hour in most of his 2022 appearances? Hidden injury. Have you seen, uh, we'll get away from the Union kit jerseys. I don't think you've seen, or if you have an inside look at uh, the Union away jerseys, away kits, you can let us know. But sure Ua, obviously Ua, he did have an injury early in the season, and that obviously kept him away from not only being not in the starting lineup, but even limited playing time. Uh, and of course, still, it wasn't full full time for him uh, you come out 60th 60th minute around there uh, why is that do you expect changes Joe uh, what do you think Ua, especially when it comes to playing time this season yeah no I don't think there was a hidden injury I think that was more strategical than anything from yeah. Jim Curtin uh, because of the way he used Corey Burke um, yeah look you know he, and this has already been commented on in preseason this year is that Ua is not waiting weeks for a visa. He's not um, dealing with those knocks that he's dealt with uh, last year. 
he's hit the ground running, and which I think makes him even more dangerous for 2023. And a lot of people are are thinking that way within the club as well. So yeah, that uh, there's nothing hidden. Uh, there's just more of game management by Jim Curtin. Speaking of management by Jim Curtin, uh, as we've been kind of mentioning, there's going to be a lot of stalker for the union. Uh, we got a question sure. here from Dominic Consoli. Uh, with the new additions and potential tactical formation changes, how do you think we see the subs this year? Will it depend on type of match? Uh, obviously, it's going to depend on type of match. Uh, as you've, I think, pointed out a lot during the past few seasons, uh, Jim Curtin, they do have a way they like to handle uh, games in a week. And, you know, after how many certain games in a, a number of days, you know, what players need mm-hmm. to rest, all of that. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a lot of tactical changes and a lot of formation changes and a lot of starting lineup changes. Uh, I, I imagine it all stays the same, but is it maybe different this year because of the depth that they have that uh, they're going to be even more forward in changing the lineup around and, and kind of messing with things in, in that way? Well, a lot of changes are going to happen early in the season because of, of fitness, because of the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, we know who the 11 is, and we know who fills in if they stay 4-4-2 diamond, who the backups are. Um to me, the most intriguing part of, of lineups or anything isn't who comes on for Gazdag and Ua in game. It's where is the flexibility in um, games in between Champions League, League's Cup, Open Cup, um, league games where the starters just need to rest. What does the second 11 actually look like? Is it three at the back? Is it two tens with Torres and Quinn Sullivan. Quinn Sullivan plays a striker. You play four, two, three, one with Torres and Sullivan um, as your uh, guys in the flank. Like how does, how does this whole thing operate is going to be the biggest question. I think we know what the first choice looks like. Um, we know how the, are you sure? Can fit in. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Um, no, yeah. no, no, that was a joke. That, I'm, I'm, Pretty sure we know what it's going to look like. <laughs> um, so I think that the biggest thing in terms of lineups is going to be how do these depth pieces really configure themselves together? And we won't know we won't know that for and the coaching staff won't know that for a month or two. They got to find the right combinations. I think there will be some growing pains within the backup lineups, the reserve lineups on how they're they're managed and how the, those players operate but i actually I can't wait to see fun. that because i i think yeah. this last year more than anything because one of the things we were talking beginning of the year last year i remember is okay jim's doing a lot of the same things like is there a switch mm-hmm. up here and then once i think he got kind of acclimated with okay here's what we do well here's the spots i could put guys in he was changing things up a little bit obviously jim has the things he likes to do and the union aren't going to stay far away from that but I think once he got comfortable with, like, let's just say Corey Burke and the things he was doing towards the end of the season, he would be able to switch things up. And I'm kind of excited to see what he can do now with even more depth and what what other changes are made. And I, I can't wait to see how that, uh, you know, how that changes in, you know, what kind of games that they're in, the type of mm-hmm. opponents that they're playing. Uh, it, you know, if if they want to play defensively more on road games, what they do. I just. I'm really excited to see what Jim does kind of with that. And you're right. There's growing pains, but those growing pains usually have led for the union and Jim Curtin mm-hmm. to a lot of success later on in seasons. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that works out in the early, early portion. 
for sure. Yeah, I think you probably summed it up better than, than me in, in that case. Like you're gonna you're gonna see variety, you're gonna see very you're actually going to see it this year mm-hmm. because of who they have. But how all the pieces fit together is gonna be interesting. I think more than more than changes in within the eleven in in matches, I think the more fascinating thing is gonna be what this these backup lineups look like when you have to use them. Yeah. Uh so a couple of other questions and <laughs> This is just, I guess, being spoiled because of the the union and the players they've had come up from the academy. Uh, so we got a question from Dan Herman: What academy kids could be the next ones to make it through to the senior squad? Uh, what what should we have our eyes on in terms? Because I, I know you know obviously Sullivan and Aronson and all of those. It's just been a constant influx of hey, these guys are all in like the U twenty national team and they're all kicking ass and these kids are all really good. All really good. Uh, is there anything is there any- anything new uh, in, in terms of that or or any players that you've heard? Uh, talked about uh, coming up, whatever the case may be. It looks like Nelson Pierre is going to be the next one because um, he's already appeared in a preseason game. Uh, he's been talked about. Other than that, there's been no one specifically mentioned. Um, I think one or two of them are down. We're down in Florida with them for the first phase of preseason. But um, in terms of homegrown academy talent, it doesn't sound like uh, we're about to get a, a wave of like five homegrown signings. And Pierre sounds like the the most logical. And, and Joe, as much as I love every- homegrown, how great is it that there's you know there's just MLS ready talent? Like we don't. Yeah. It, how how much of, of a growth is going to happen, or you know how are some of these players going to react later in seasons and big games? It's just there's a lot of lot of veteran talent. It's still a mix of really young talent and good talent, good talent. but it just it feels like the depth also leads to there's just a lot of guys that have been around. And and have yeah. been in a lot of these games, which is good. It's different. For sure. I would say the the one guy that I think we're all at least the at least the internet is waiting for to see is Jose Riasco, the Venezuelan striker mm-hmm. um that played for U two last year. Um he was away at the Palma Bowl U twenty championship, so there's not much the union can do with him in By the way, I love that you get just get to say U two and it doesn't necessarily have right. to do with the band U two. Just... Where the streets have no name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Didn't know you were a big U2 guy. Well done. The, whoever whoever does Union 2 broadcast should do. It's a beautiful day. I know. I, it has to. Yeah. It has to. It has to. <laughs> if it hasn't been done already. Um, so, yeah, I think Riasco is the one name that everybody wants to see because he's, he's South American. He's playing U20 competitions with Venezuela. So... Could he get bumped up into the rotation at striker? Um, but he's not really a homegrown academy player. You know, he was bought. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of where you're at there. There's nothing. There's no more Aaron's and uh, brothers left. There are only two of them. They have a sister. Um, but that's, that's really it. I don't think there's anything uh, massive on the horizon. So the only question I have now, I'm going to go to my question. Uh, everybody else's, we, we, we have answered along the way in this hour-long podcast, but I got one last one. Uh, what can we expect from Joe Tanzi here and the union sub-stack that you have going on? Uh, what, what big plans, anything, anything you want to reveal? But, uh, Joe, I, big things on the horizon for you and the union soccer pod. Uh, where do you want to take this? What are, what are your goals here for this year? And uh, things yeah, that look, everyone look can look forward to. The- Look at you doing the self pub. I'm a, I I'm a company that. man, Joe. I'm a company you man. You are a company man. <laughs> um, so I know we'll, we'll get a few questions about this. We don't know about radio. We won't know. We won't know. Um, 
probably until close to the season starts if we have radio broadcast again. So that's all I'll kind of say is point. this, because I can I can answer radio side things. We we will have whether it's this podcast, uh, whether it's you know putting this podcast on the Gambler and our coverage. There is still going to be even if we don't carry the games, which I don't have anything on that, uh, but. I will say there will still be a presence of Union Soccer on here more than any other station, more than any other media outlet you want to go to. The presence here, because of you, Joe, and what you're doing with the Substack and this podcast, there will still be a massive Union presence on the station, which that will not go away. Yes, and you can. we'll have this available on all everywhere you can podcast or download podcasts. It'll be under Union Soccer Podcast. Um, just like we did back in the good old days before the radio deal with me and Sean Brace. We're kind of just using the same name. Um, Substack, if you go to my Twitter, you can subscribe to that. Um, we will be going to some sort of paid model in the regular season, just so I have money to uh, spend on gas to and from the stadium multiple times during the week and later in the season travel to road games. Um, all of that will specifically go to uh, travel to and from any union games um so we'll, uh, that will come march 1st yeah i think that's important to know when you do monetize yeah. it it's it's so you can go and cover these things and report yes. on these things it's not you know this is not some crazy cra cash grab it's so you can do your job well and do it correctly and uh yeah. make sure you're getting all the information you can in the places you need to be to do that which all costs yeah. money that costs money so it does uh, it's yeah, very yeah, appreciated it's all the support and uh, obviously, Joe, you do it very well, so I'm hoping there's enough there that uh, you can do your job very well. Yeah, so ga gas is, is not is not cheap unless I go to that one station on Street Road and I'm sailing <laughs> right in front of 95. That's 10 cents cheaper than everybody else, but that's my little secret spot, not yours. Um, but yeah, that, so that would be a thing. March 1st, I'm going to have the subscriptions up. I appreciate everyone. Um, I think we're up to like 130 subscribers. Uh, already in just two weeks and the amount of reads on all of these articles um, kind of blows me away. Like I know you guys are very supportive. I know you guys love the union and uh, your um, the abundance of union coverage that everyone has here in this market is um, a thousand times what any other market has. So the fact that you guys are uh, willing to read anything that I've, I've put up over the last two weeks while the Substack has started uh, is, is very, very greatly appreciated, as well as uh, every podcast listen. Uh, the podcast will be attached into the Substack. That that will be obviously free very easily, as will content throughout the year. But there will be some play, some pieces um, behind a paywall. I'm in going to talk with the team about some new ideas I have that will be different from what you see at the Enquirer, what you see everywhere else, uh, to make it worth the subscription every week. Uh, with some different player features. Uh, we're going to see who's open up to that um, as the season goes on. But there will be different things as well as your regular player features, match previews. We'll have the betting column that we do for uh, did for the gambler. Hey, there we go. Uh, DMLS, that's that's DMLS, what we're looking for. <laughs> John Jansen again. Movie. Anytime goal scorer. Daniel Gazdag. <laughs> minus 300. <laughs> Tell you what, those prices will be different this I year know. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing that sucks about the Union being such a good goal-scoring team now is I can't take advantage of it. Damn um, it. So every everything you're used to reading and hearing from me will be there, um, but there will be some type of pay attached to it, a, a monthly one and a, a yearly one. The yearly one will be 
end up being cheaper per month um just so we can get everything i can be in chester multiple times during the week uh to get more content for you guys uh as well as more stuff for the podcast too maybe we can do some guests uh like we used to do back in the day and let's hope and pray that a lot of people uh behind the scenes that are a lot more powerful than us end up making the right decision on bringing back the radio stuff too because that's not guaranteed yet so we'll uh We'll wait and see on that, but bare minimum, you will have the podcast, you will have the Substack, you will have plenty of plenty of coverage from the two of us, um, regardless of what happens with radio. Yeah, and the more that people are participating and uh, supporting us, you know, the more you know we can do. And I would love to get you know, players on, coaches on, sponsor, you know, be yeah. be out, you know, and watching games uh, and and doing the podcast, you know, doing going out and doing things, you know, I'm. I'm staying around because I absolutely loved for the past two years being the pre and post game host uh, for Union Soccer, and it's such an incredible community, incredible uh, uh, people that that come out and really support this team, and I I just loved being a part of it, and I want to continue being a part of it, and uh, hoping things really take off here because uh, I th- I think Joe, you do a tremendous job, and uh, I think the podcast and your Substack all have re- very big things ahead of it. Uh, and it just depends on the support we get. But I want to be out there at Union Games. I want to be uh, there, you know, making sure we get you information, interviews, pre- and post-game stuff, all of that. Uh, I want to make sure we're really giving this a, a good go because this is going to be a fun season to cover, uh, and it's going to be a, a season in which there's a lot of things to talk about. So uh, I just I feel make like sure using the gif that just says, one of us, one of us, yeah. one of us. <laughs> Yeah, that is that's, right. Right. I'm just I'm the, the obnoxious fan. <laughs> oh my God. Got me hooked, man. It's, it's hook line singer. I'm in. Uh, it's, it's all there. So I'm very glad to be a part of this and a lot of big things ahead. But Joe, I think that's it there for the, for the first edition this season of the a new season of the Union Soccer Pod. And I'm sure Sean Brace will get on here from time to time too. We, Sean Brace when, is. When he's, yeah. He'll, he'll show up eventually. Yeah, he will. I know he's he's too big for us now, you know, doing all these big podcasts like Brace for Winnings and stuff. So uh, we'll we'll be able to get him in from time to time. But I'm very much looking forward to this. Make sure follow the Union Soccer Pod, Joe. Uh, what is also the links? Anything that uh, people need to be aware of so they can get to the website? Yeah. So if you want to follow that Union Soccer Pod uh, on Twitter, we still kind of use that handle. Um, probably should use it more. Um, at jtanzy 90 is where you can find me on Twitter, and I will link to the Substack uh, as well. And if you already subscribe to the Substack, you will get this podcast link once John sends it to me in your inbox as well and can listen to it on <laughs> Apple. Anywhere that was a direct threat shot at me to, hey, John, you better do that now. Do not wait. Get the podcast up now, <laughs> yeah, John. Now, John. <laughs> that is Joe's very subtle way of threatening me to put this up right away, which works. It's good. Uh, but that is. I don't is... answer text messages, so I, I have to do hey, this. Whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa. I've been better at that lately. Not good. Not good. But I've been better. Uh, all right, again, follow at Union Soccer Pod. Follow Joe at JTanzy90. I remembered it this time. Follow me at jjansen 34 And continue to follow the Union Soccer Pod right here on the Union Substack, on the Gambler, anywhere you find your podcast. Union Soccer Pod. We'll be back for more Union Soccer coming up soon.